Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to invite you to join our free Facebook group, the Creative Agency Clique. We live stream weekly trainings on tactics that will help you simplify and scale your agency. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash FP to join. And now for the show. Hey everyone, so today we're going to be talking about likely a topic that is going to make your blood boil a little bit. We're going to be talking about the demanding clients, the ones that demand to get something done by tomorrow morning when it is 5 p.m. The ones that when you get an email, you are like, them again. Darren and I are going to dive into this topic about what it's like to have a demanding client and how to manage it, set expectations, and in the end, kind of evaluate whether these clients are even good to have for your agency. I'm excited to dive into this with you today, Darren. I'm excited to dive into this as well. For some reason, I feel like it's just going to be a rant of personal stories and personal you know, <laughs> anecdotes of what happened and how we did our best to manage. Well, let's start with defining what demanding clients are like. You want to maybe hit what your experience has been? What what are demanding clients like? It feels like they are your only client or they feel like they're your only client. They're always demanding something be done in a rush. They need to be the top client. Like, I'm your best client. Like, you must do this. Like, they, they have expectations of you that are out of scope. They feel like they're, you know, the everything, the world revolves around them. And because that they they hired you for your services, that you must do exactly what they say, when they say it, jump through hoops, get something done. I feel like a demanding client really is, you know, when you talk about kind of the command and control management style, right? Like, I feel like a demanding client is by and large just a bad boss, right? Like they think they're your boss. They're trying to control everything about what you're doing. They are demanding you work overtime, but are not going to pay you for it. And so everything's a rush. They are your number one priority. And if they're not, they're upset. They believe that they are the most important person in the world. They are typically not respectful, overly controlling. Yeah, just not fun to be around. I was going to say, I think that what makes it frustrating on the end of being like the person who is providing the service is that they don't view it as a reciprocal relationship. It's like a, I pay you to do this, get this done kind of thing. And they don't see Mm. you as providing value for what it is that you do. They just see you as another cog in their system. Yeah. Where they see you purely as tactical or you're just doing that one thing, checking a box and otherwise there's nothing else that's useful. I mean, now that we've sort of defined a demanding client, let's talk about kind of the impacts that we see happening to agencies by and large with these types of things, right? Like, I mean, from my experience, largely the agencies that are not profitable, that do not have any time, that largely the agency owner that I see come into a call that kind of just looks like they're frantic, overwhelmed, maybe a little bit of kind of deer in headlights, usually are the ones that have the most demanding clients. They don't have any time to invest into growth. They don't have any time to do anything else. And they feel kind of beholden 
because more often than not, this quote unquote demanding client is more often than not also the anchor client, which is 50 to 80 to 90% of revenue. So they feel like they have no choice. That is exactly what I was going to say. They feel like this is, if I lose them, then there goes all my revenue. I have to keep them happy. If it's something out of scope, I must do it. Like they feel beholden to them basically because, you know, they're the providing all of the revenue significantly, right? Yeah. Now, this is not an agency story. This is a story of my own from, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. Now, feels like it was more recent. Anyways, the uh, situation that I was in was where I had a client and I they were over 20 minutes late to a meeting. They were wanting to go over the time and I was headed into my next meeting with another client. I don't know, they probably amounted to 7-8% of revenue, but he believed he amounted to 100%. He was demanding that I stay over and I told him I had another call and he was mandating that I cancel that next meeting. And my question to him was, well, are you trying to tell me that you believe that you're more important than the next call that I have and that I should cancel the next client meeting because you weren't able to show up on time? And he says, no. It's like, well, but you're asking me to stay over and cancel that meeting, right? Yes. In the end, my statement was, you know, I think that this relationship has reached its its end. And I think that it's time for us to seek someone that can support you in the way that you need support that can be available to you whenever you need and whenever you're available. But that unfortunately cannot and will not be me. I, hopefully, I'd like to believe that he learned a lesson in that scenario, but probably not. Darren, I think you might have even I been was, on that call. I was going to say I was on that call. I remember it vividly. And I remember the the aftermath of the call as well. So I was on the call. And from my perspective, it was like, oh, okay, so we're creating and crafting this process for you to make sure that everything runs smoothly. We got it in the works for a couple months. It's working out great. Everything's going well. We just need you to show up on time, answer a few questions, and everything could be on its way. Um, and like he said, he didn't show up on time. And I feel like he was habitually late. Like it wasn't like a first, oh, every first call. defense. Yeah. It's like you're you're late and we're kind of, and maybe it was on us because we kept, you know, like, okay, like he's like five minutes late. That's fine. You know, and we kind of mismanaged the expectation there of him being, you know, on time and focused every meeting that we have. But, you know, we are customer oriented, service oriented. So we like to provide the best service and, you know, do what we can. But like you said, like we had another client and we still want to uphold our agreement with our other clients. And he just felt like, hey, like, no, like you must do this. You you have to do this. I know I was late, but come on, you know, like just trying to placate and trying to assert some authority and mm -hmm. instance. And then I think he was the one who actually brought it up. He was like, well, if this isn't like if you can't do this for me, then I don't think this relationship is working. And then you very commonly was like, you know what? Like maybe it isn't. I was like, you know what, that was that's right. And then from a a perspective of like just me joining the call, I was like, you know what, you kind of you handled that beautifully, right? Because this would just have been another instance that in a long line of future headaches. But as soon as you know that headache was gone, you could see the whole team was actually relieved, right? Because it wasn't just you that he was mm -hmm. problem to. It was the whole team, and everybody felt like they're doing their best. And you know, we we try to manage expectations as best we can. But at a certain point, it's like, hey, like all right, this isn't working. Um, and then, you know, after that, team morale went up. We were able to free up some time for, you know, multiple more clients instead of, you know, donating mm -hmm. all of our time to 
you know, cra- those crafted tailor services or, you know, doing all of this, all of these uh, meetings that he would be late to. And, you know, just what is the value of your time actually, right? If you're 20 minutes late to every call, I mean, you have like three calls a week, that's an hour. Like, what are you charging per hour? Like, you know, that that adds up significantly. 100%. I, I mean, I think looking back at it now, and I didn't realize some of like the implications because from that client, there were so many things really that were learned on our end on who we would work with, how we set expectations. I'm sure I've got a couple of current clients right now and they know I am extremely punctual and that everything goes on time always for me and that I make sure that they're aware of that and I set that expectation from initial sales calls to the entire client experience that that's something that they're aware of. And I wonder whether some of it is directly related to the experience here. And I believe it has like to the emails that I send 30 seconds after the meeting starts of, hey, is this still a good time for us to meet? And a link to join the call to set, reaffirm that expectation that's being set. But that team morale component of it, I mean, largely that letting go of that client and ending that relationship was the catalyst to so much more growth. And I think that so many people really are afraid of what this demanding client means to them. Unfortunately for me, there were not such a substantial amount of revenue that it was hurtful in any way. It was largely, I think, pretty much every single implication from letting that client go was positive. As you mentioned, team morale was, I hadn't to that point really realized to the amount that that was impacting energy on the team and how excited. I think I saw just an entire screen when I let the team know that was on that account that we were letting them go like just ear to ear smiles of just like pure elation that they were going away. (laughs) Yeah. One of the things I kind of want to hit is evaluating your client base, right? I mean, we, we do this and have done this many times and have done this and do this on a regular basis. Um, at least I am and Darren, you're heavily involved in it, but making sure that ultimately you are working with class A clients only, and how do you actually go about evaluating so you know who are not your A clients and how you can get them to be and make sure that you're not kind of being beholden to your ideal client. I'll quickly kind of hit them and then Darren would look to hear your your take and maybe dig a little bit more in depth on it. The first component is your energy and your team's energy with that client, right? How excited on a scale of one to 10, are you to get an email from them or go to a meeting with them? Your average hourly earnings, so the revenue divided by the number of hours, largely the more demanding clients and the ones that are going out of scope are gonna be lower on this this threshold and makes it a bit easier to make the determinations of who and who you shouldn't be working with. And then ultimately the work product as well. And I think that this is a really important one that a lot of people do not look at and when it comes to client evaluation. I mean, the excitement and rating the client and energy our revenue is very common, but the work product of, are you doing your best work? Because the clients you're doing the best work on are likely the ones that you enjoy the most and the ones that you're doing eh, okay work on are the ones that you likely don't enjoy so much. Yeah. And just kind of thinking about it from my perspective on, on the way that we do it internally, right? It's just going over each client and making sure that, you know, they're happy, you're happy. And then you check with the team like, hey, like, how do you feel about this client? Just kind of periodically checking in to see if things are still in the same place or or they're getting better or, you know, just keeping your, your thumb on the pulse, right? Because sometimes it, it may be a rough week for the client and sometimes it feels like they're taking it out on you and just like, okay, like, is this something that's mm. that's situational or is this something that is, you know, 
being continued, like recurring theme of like, hey, this this person is kind of hard to work with for such and such reason. And it's like, okay, do we need to have a conversation with them? As well as, you know, just making sure overall that like you're saying, you're you're producing your best work because nobody wants to do work that's not fulfilling in terms of it being no. successful and like, hey, like I'm actually proud of what I put out for this project or hey, I'm actually proud that we were able to get this done in this amount of time. And, you know, sometimes it's it's fun to come in and and save the day with like your design or come in and save the day with like a, hey, like once in once in a while, and let me preface once in a while, come in and save the day, like kind of at the last minute. But, you know, always making sure you're you're managing that expectation. Like, hey, this is either a, a once in a once in a once in a blue moon activity or something you're doing for a favor for them. And it also makes it easier when you enjoy the client, right? It's like, hey, you know what? Like we have such good conversations. You include us on like the birthday emails or you include us on you know, make us feel like part of the the culture or part of the team sometimes. And like, it, it's cool for it. Like it makes it easier for us to build that relationship when it's something that's reciprocal, mm-hmm. right? It's, it makes it something easier. It makes me want to, you know, provide, you know, even better service when I feel like, you know, I'm actually having an impact. We have a relationship, you know, it's just like, Hey, like, Oh yeah. Like, of course, man. Like, let me, let me actually take care of this for you. Or I know recently, like I made a mistake and the client was like, hey, like, can we hop on a call? And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm so like I, I knew it was like a, a, a mistake on my part. But, you know, working with him, I was like, OK, it shouldn't be that bad because like I know him and he's very understanding. He was like, oh, like totally, you know, it's like basically like a a, a, a quick mistake. Anybody could have made it like I appreciate you. But I know if I had that call with other clients previously, it would have been, you know, hearing about it for days and, and months. And and every time I would have mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, talk to them, it's like it's like, oh, uh, well. Yeah, I don't want to talk to uh-huh. insert fake client name here because you know, he's, person. yeah, you know, kind of mean and not understanding. Yeah, I mean, there's personally to me, and I think that there's now so many instances from these types of clients for me personally where it's just it's not worth. There's there's good revenue and bad revenue, right? Where it's just the the client just isn't worth the revenue anymore, and I just don't want that headache. I mean, fortunately for me, and I'm speaking from a point of privilege now, right, that it's not something where I need the revenue and profitable to a point that it, it's largely irrelevant to me at this point, right? But it's just the being able to be excited and happy to be able to work with someone. It's really nice. And I mean, the relationships that we have with our clients are real close, right? Like a comment with a client when we were talking about renewal, and this was like over a year ago, I brought up renewal. And I was like, hey, let's schedule time to talk about, you know, we're coming up on our year renewal. And he was like, renewal for what? And I was like, for, for our agreement. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, honestly, I feel like you're a friend that I just can that I talk to every day that gives me great advice. But I forgot that there was like, an economic component transaction as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah and it's really the relationship that we enjoy having with clients and i know that a lot of agencies don't have that it it is purely transactional for both ends and it makes life harder to be in that place you know so we've talked a lot about what are the downsides of all this but if we're in a situation and turning a client around or letting a client go how do we go about managing and getting out of the situation is what we should talk about a little bit as well, I think. Mm -hmm. I want to 
hit something that I just thought is very interesting in, in my experience largely, but it's a client story. So clients started working with us in our accelerator mastermind about a year ago, maybe more like nine months ago. And what I thought was really interesting is he came in specifically with this kind of problem, right? Like his clients were overly demanding. He didn't really have any time. And this client has grown from $30,000 a month to 175, roughly $1,000 a month last month or a couple months ago well, for the numbers that he reported. And the interesting thing is, is that he grew dramatically from resetting expectations. And so he had a call with all of the clients that were rated B or lower in this process where we were talking about evaluating your client. And he was telling them, hey, this is the relationship that we're looking to foster with clients. And the interesting thing was, is that he was actually going into these conversations expecting to fire the clients. But in the situation only ended up of the 20 odd clients that he met with, only one of them ended up being let go. The rest of them all ended up expanding the amount of business that they were doing together with him and the agency because of him taking this place of, you know, largely I'm letting you go. So it was a very different kind of conversation and they respected him more for it and then wanted to do more business with him for it and saw that they needed to fall within the process and within the systems. I'm not saying that every single one of you is going to have that exact same experience, but sitting down and having a conversation of understanding of how to create alignment between that client and your agency, right? Of here's what you're looking for. Here's what we're looking for. I mean, in order to have a long-standing business relationship, it has to be mutually beneficial. And if it's not, it's going to have an expiry date. Exactly. Especially, like I said, if you you're, you built that relationship with the clients and being able to have that conversation with them and just let them know like where you stand, because typically a lot of times people who need to have this conversation are, are vastly out of scope. Their profitability has gone down or their time, you know, is, is being attributed to, you know, those demanding clients. But, you know, if you have this conversation with your your clients and let them know like, hey, this is the the expectation even sometimes apologizing for going out of scope, like, hey, we, you know, we've actually been doing this and and mm. and haven't been properly, you know, living up to our end of the bargain or 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 we've been over fulfilling and this is something that can't continue. That's our fault. Yeah. yeah. And then just, you know, letting them know, resetting the expectation. A, a lot of times if you're doing, like you said, if you enjoy the work, you're produ producing good product, clients will understand the value that you're providing to them in their business, um, especially if you're getting them results as well. A lot of them will be happy to, you know, kind of make a, a negotiate or, you know, come up on, on what they're paying you or, you know, figure out a means to where you guys can continue doing business because they don't want to have to go out and do the whole, you know, vetting process over again, searching for a new, mm -hmm. new person system when they're already comfortable with you. Um, and it's just more so you just kind of, you know, just realigning for you guys' future. Yeah. The 100% I agree with, with all of that. The final thing I think that we should hit on in this episode is let's say that you we need to let go of a client, right? The way that I would suggest this is being done and largely if you're planning on letting go of a client because you you've had the conversation, you've tried to reset expectations and it and it wasn't working and as Darren mentioned, apologize for the part that you had to play because you did have a part to play in this, right? It wasn't just them. You absolutely had a part to play. And um the thing that I would suggest that you do is you tell them it's essentially the 
it's me, not you kind of breakup situation, really. But where you let them know, hey, you know, I don't think that myself and my agency is really the best suited to serve you for X, Y, and Z reason. We don't want to leave you out on a lurch. So we've actually done a little bit of research and, and here's an agency that actually is well suited to help you, assuming you know some agencies that can, and then point them in the direction of someone who can and how, how they can still get the work done. And, you know, you part as friends so that you're not burning bridges. I mean, I think as Maya Angelou, and many of you guys have heard me quote this, but as Maya Angelou has said, people don't remember what you've done, but remember how you made them feel. And I, I think it's really important to remember that in that situation, even as you're letting the client go, make sure that they leave with a smile on your face and your agency will be better off for it because you don't want to have someone out there in the world that is talking badly about your agency that could be really damaging to long-term reputation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I 100% agree. You don't want to burn a bridge and who knows, like maybe in the future, you guys will be able to realign and be able to come to an agreement or be able to utilize them for an aspect of, of, of something, you know, you never want to just outright, especially make somebody feel bad about it as well. It's just like, Hey, like you suck. Mm -hmm. This isn't working. But yeah, that's funny. I, I like the the approach of the, it's not me or it's not you, it's me. But it, it sounded weird because I was thinking about it in terms of an actual relationship where you're like, oh, well, but here's five other guys I think you would be good for. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe not so appropriate in that scenario. <laughs> oh man, definitely do not condone that anyone listening. I hope that this this episode was helpful for you. If you have a very specific scenario, that you're needing help with and have a demanding client that may be an anchor client. We're here to help and feel free to reach out and we can give you some advice. Thanks everybody for listening. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I going to close this person or what I'm going to say to this person or what am I going to do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things. But at one episode per week, it's going to take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I want to invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2000 to 3000 Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we wanna make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, 
this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I want to deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm-hmm.